everybody, and welcome to the Money Made Easy podcast. We're your hosts, Angelica and Tisha. We're here to make it easier to talk about and learn about all things money, earning it, saving it, and investing it. So let's talk money, honey. On to this week's show. Hey everyone, welcome back to part two of Barry Tesler's podcast episode. We are diving right in the middle of it all with Money Practices, which is phase two from her book, The Art of Money. And then we will end on Money Maps, which is phase three. We are so excited to have Barry on the show these past two weeks. She's incredible. She's an incredible author, mentor, professional in the finance world. And we are honored to have her here also to be featuring her as our very first book in our book club. We thought that this was such a compliment to money mindset and, you know, building that foundation um, as we continue our money journey. So we hope you enjoyed this part two of the episode and let us know what you think. You know, because money dates, was, yes. right. talk about money dates, because okay. I love the idea. And that is part of the money practice and that finding all of that, which you have so much of that. I know we have spent most of our time talking about the healing, but yeah. there is so much of the money practice in, in your book that uh, let's talk about. Let's dive into that, please. Yeah. So again, you know, I, I brought in other qualities from other areas of my life and practices. So I wanted, if I was going to have a relationship with money, this, you know, I was going to, it had to be filled with deeper meaning. It had to be creative. It had to be a bit fun. It had to have some beauty. It had to have some dark chocolate, you know, like all (laughs) things. Right. So when I first started having money dates, I would light my candles I would get out my dark chocolate, nibble the whole way. And, you know, and that's how I, I learned how to do bookkeeping. Every few days I would sit down, I would light my candles, get out my chocolate. Sometimes I would have flowers. Sometimes I would get out my essential oils. Like what, you know, other people play music. I've heard all sorts of music, you know, brought in um, from heavy metal to, you know, like Beyonce to classical, right? To whatever, whatever is going to be supportive of you sitting down and going, hey, hi, money, let's have a chat, let's have a tea date, you know, let's have a little date. And really, it's just a money date is simply, it could be five minutes, it could be 15 minutes to start. I like 15 minutes, right, to start. So what is one step that you can take around money today? And it may be just going online and looking at your numbers. Whoa, you know, it may be um, looking at your numbers and opening them up and seeing that there was a mistake made. You know, I found uh, some fraud a few months ago. Someone went to a men's clothing store on the East Coast and, you know, spent like $800. I was like, okay, that wasn't me, <laughs> you know? And immediately, like, I caught it within 48 hours. I caught it within 36 hours, you know? But I look at my balances often, but I don't always like go in to see, like, was every transaction accurate in the last two weeks? And just that was really empowering. And I called my bank and they took care of it. And, you know, I knew that they pissed me off and, you know, I had my feelings and, you know, um, and moved on from it. So it could be that it could be. Well, you you talk about just like a daily hike, a true money practice is ongoing and consistent. It's not like we can just sit down and look at our money one time and we're done with it. It, We have to, you know, it has to become a regular habit, a regular thing. So whether it's a set day or a set time that, you know, those are all things that I love that you talk about to make it 
more uh, and, and bringing in the fun parts, whether it's the chocolate or lighting a candle or the music and making it more of a pleasant experience instead of this dreaded thing. And it may not be at first, you know, you know, I know people who sit down and they're just like, want to pay their bills as fast as they possibly can to get it over with because they hate it and don't want to deal with any of the energy and just want to pay the bills, you know, and other people ignore their bills, you know, so it's how do you start, you know, adding in some new qualities, gently, slowly with the music with it, and 15 minutes at a time, and it could be every few days, it could be twice a week, and then eventually you go for 30 minute ones and and so on. Yeah. And there's lots of I've articles on, I don't know, 27 money dates that you can do and you do one at a time to start. Yeah. I love that. And I love how you talk about the difference between the way you and your husband even track things mm-hmm. and um, the different aspects of your personality that are part of that. Can you go into that a little bit? Sure. Well, I think what you're referring, well, a few things. One is that we both came to the plate ignoring money, you know, Um, not knowing much, you know, not having a financial education and we learned together. But I can remember when he would have a little piece of paper and list out like five expenses and then a total, you know, like that's, that was it for him. And And now he's gone the techie direction. (laughs) Exactly. So he became, he's always been self-taught and then he worked for tech companies and now he helps people get online. Um, with their teachings. Right. And he's done all of that for me behind the scenes, but he, I did our bookkeeping for a good decade. And then, and also we had separate accounts for seven years and he was adamant about having separate. And then as soon as I was pregnant, something shifted. He doesn't remember any of this. And he (laughs) suddenly said, yes, I'll merge accounts with you. And, you know, he doesn't remember that he never did, or he never wanted to. I was like, oh no, you would not merge accounts with me like because it means something it does you know even though we were pretty transparent about everything with each other um and we were even competitive like we would sit at the end of the year and get out our numbers and be like who made more um you know but like we would support each other right um so i did our bookkeeping for 10 years and then as soon as um i was recovering after giving birth to our son that's when my husband went online and just taught himself mint in one night I was like, how did you do that? You know, it took me months of handholding. And I always say with a box of tissue and dark chocolate, you know, to learn QuickBooks. And it took me like a year before I felt fully, fully, fully comfortable. So if you're like me, it might need some handholdings and chocolate, more time. Like my husband just taught himself, right? But he had to liken it to a meditation. So he was a meditator, a sitting meditation practitioner. And so that's how he would approach his bookkeeping is he would sit down and pretend he was in meditation and do it that way. But the other thing though, is just like, you would think that two people come together have the same values on the surface. And the one story that I love to tell where we're the most different, you know, is that when you do go to spend, you usually spend in different ways. That's, I don't know two people who come together and earn and spend and save and give and invest like in the same way. I, I, it's so unusual, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so for us, like the, one of the big differences is that he came to me years ago, wanting to buy an expensive road bike. And I was horrified because I don't, I don't buy expensive gear mm-hmm. and, but he can look at my lotions, my facial lotions and my acupuncture and pelvic floor massage 
and chiropractic work and, you know, all of that and not be, I'm teasing around the horrified, but we are kind of, we, we spend differently and you can be like, I cannot believe that that is how you spend, you know? So we've had to really sit down and have many, many, many conversations of why road bikes or that kind of thing is so important to him for health, for his life, for sexy points. Like he came to me with like a whole PowerPoint presentation of like, you know, spreadsheet of, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And, and, and the, the interesting thing is that we once added up all of my self-care over a couple of years compared to his road, road bike. And it was almost identical, the number at the end of the year, you know, but like we needed to have many, many, many money dates um, together to talk about the values issue that we each spend differently. And as long as it fits within our, you know, financial nut, like if we have the numbers for that, then we each need to have a pile of money, money or a certain amount that we each get to spend in our own way. But we like to talk about all of that where some couples like come up with 250 or 500 or a thousand and they each get to do whatever they want and they don't have to tell the other person. And me and my husband like to, you know, share everything. Well, I think it's super interesting that you talk about, you know, we've been talking about money dates that you have with yourself, but you talk about how so many couples are terrified to even begin having money dates together that they, they just can't even imagine having good, intimate, enjoyable conversations about money because their history of fighting about money or avoiding the topic altogether is so big. And I think that's so crucial because if we aren't dealing with it with ourselves. We certainly don't want to deal with it with somebody else. So I think having a money date with ourselves is a good way to start. And then you can feel comfortable having that money date with your partner. Exactly. And in the book and in articles, I talk about like, don't go to numbers right away mm-hmm. in your couple's money dates, like with yourself. Sure. But I mean, I would say always bring in a body check-in, like bring in a body check-in every time you go to do a money date you know, with yourself and with your partner. But I give a different kind of process with couples that I say, always start with story time first. Don't talk about numbers, goals, how much money you have in your accounts in that moment, you know, who's spending on what, run to them with a credit card bill. Don't do that first, but we all do that, you know? So we're going to have to learn a new way. And so I, I sh- a new way of having a couple's date, I do it in four steps And step one is 30 minute sessions. You each get 50 minutes and it's story time. And it's, and it's going back to the money healing work, which is you, you share stories of what you learned or didn't learned or mistakes or challenges or good story, you know, good memories of things that happened in your childhood. And you start there first. Cause again, no two people, even if they come from the same economic background, the same lineage, they don't spend and save and give in the same way. But usually a lot of couples don't come from the same lineage or don't come from the same economic background. And there's a lot to discuss and share and reveal and put on the table. And eventually, you know, that allows you to put yourself in the other person's shoes. And, but it's not easy. It's not comfortable. You know, I, I know couples that have amazing communication and re- an amazing relationship and, and do so well in so many other areas and money's where they fight. And not just fight, but like screaming full out, you know, walk away crying fights. And so this is a way to, it's a practice, you know, to have a new kind of a couple's date and it takes time and it takes months um, where you each get 15 minutes to share. And then from story time, you move into values. And then from values, you move into who's on what and the practical parts. And then you move into 
like goals and dreams and getting on the same team. So I teach couples how to start over again, clean slate. We're going to do money dates in a new way and, and learn how to bring compassion um, to this. So you, cause there's no, there's always one person who thinks that they know how to do everything or they're, they're the smarty pants or they had the financial degree or blah, blah, blah. And that's not true. <laughs> you know, they didn't learn how to work with their emotions. Well, um, it's the perfect tie-in to the next thing uh, talking about values-based bookkeeping. Uh, you say that we translate intrinsic values into extrinsic actions and transform boring budgeting into a powerful vehicle for carrying our dreams into reality. And I just love that because that, I mean, speak to value-based bookkeeping a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, I feel like we've touched on it a little bit already in mm-hmm. this yeah. I love renaming, you know, and this concept came from really 20 plus years ago. I was seeing all the financial planners talk about values-based investing. And I was like, well, I want values-based bookkeeping, you know? And so, and then I also wanted, again, I wanted all the things that I was doing in my other area of life. I wanted to bring to money. And I, I, I fell so in love with bookkeeping and it was like such a revelation and revolution in, in my mind, in my body, that I just wanted to get everyone I could interested and excited. So I, I, I created all sorts of things, you know, and this is one of them was like, let's bring your values into your bookkeeping and rename your categories. And some people rename their assets and their liabilities and well, the debt, we already talked about renaming that, you know, some people rename their income categories, but really you know, the heart of this is renaming your expense categories. So where you're spending your money and where you're giving your time and attention and where you're putting your values, you know? And so it can be everything from making a list of values first and then going to your list of rent or mortgage or groceries and utilities and renaming them, or just looking at your existing list and renaming things from there. Like, and, and this is your personal finances. People would say like, is this in your business? And what is my accountant going to think? And anyone like that actually works with art of money or goes through the thing, they'll have the language. They'll be able to sit with any accountant or financial planner and say, yeah, you know, I'm renaming my things. So it's more meaningful to me, but really we do this more in our personal finances, not in our business, you know, cause it can get confusing with tax deductions. Um, here, here's an ex- a few simple examples. So renaming rent or mortgage, you can't go that deep, right? But it could be home or sanctuary or love shack, you know? And I didn't cut, you know, a lot of these I don't come up with. This happens like with the students, they respond to a little worksheet I give and, you know, but I was giving a talk to about a hundred financial planners all wearing suits years ago. And I stood up and, you know, gave, gave a talk and said, yeah, so how would you rename mortgage? And a woman said, love shack. And she was newly married for the second time and in bliss, just like in a very happy, happy face. So that was love shack. And, you know, it can change it from like that damn bill to wait a second. This is my home. This is my sanctuary. This is so important to me. Or people have realized, wait a second, where I'm living actually doesn't feel good. And I need to go now. I want to find something better. Right. Another story I tell, and this is be the last one, is um, a woman who on her values list had creativity. And and so that was on her values list. And 
she wanted to add it into her bookkeeping. So she added a creativity expense into her bookkeeping. She started tracking her numbers for the first time that she was in her thirties, early thirties. And at the end of the month, she would print out the report and look next to creativity and there it was zero. She wasn't spending money on that supposed value that was so important to her. This went on for many, many months. I don't know if it was three months or six months. And then she finally had had it and said, this is ridiculous. Like, this is so important to me. I say this is so important to me. So I helped her create some subcategories. And underneath that was um, dance classes that she wanted to take and theater classes that she wanted to take. So um, just by adding those subcategories and being more specific, from there, she started taking dance classes. She got really into Zumba. She started taking theater classes. Um, she eventually was in um, Miss Saigon and vagina monologues. I think I mentioned that in the book. My husband says, I like to just say the word vagina. And that's why I'm always saying she was in vagina monologues. Anyway, so she, you know, wound up like adding these sub accounts to her expense category, right? The value was creativity. Subcategory was how she was going to actually make it happen. Dance classes, theater classes. It led to her being in plays and her becoming a Zumba teacher in her thirties. Things she'd always dreamed about. So she actually put them into action, um, achieved goals, um, had dreams come true simply by renaming, you know, an expense category to her values so that she could actually be living her life in accordance with her values. And I've heard so many different versions of how values-based renaming work, you know, works. It again, seems so simple. And for some people, renaming things makes such a difference in their actions. I love that. And I love how you talk about there's so many different practical ways in your book. There's, you know, writing it down. There's, uh, there's constantly going to be new apps. It's always changing all the practical stuff. So let's go ahead and move to money mapping. Can you tell a little bit about the three tiers of money mapping and the basic needs level, comfortable lifestyle and ultimate lifestyle, how those are all always changing and reassessing those? Sure. So money maps is just another word for budget right? Again, we renamed it. We used to call it a map of intention for a long time. I love that too. A map of intention. And then we moved to just for simplicity, you know, money healing, money practices, money maps. And I like to do it again. The first exercise is to sit down to honor what phase of life are you in and to create a three-tier map um, of both like the categories and the actual numbers. The, the actual expense categories and the actual numbers. And the first tier is what I call basic needs, bottom line. Um, the second tier is comfortable and the third tier is ultimate. Now, any phase of life we do this, it's gonna be different than where we were in 10, year, 10 years ago, where we'll be in 10 years from now, right? So this is just based on where you are in this moment, what's going on, being really honest in that way. Even how do you define basic needs now? Not how you did in college, not how you did 
married, not how you did, you know, like, what is it now for you? And adding up all those expenses and getting the total. Um, and then in the next tier comfortable, what do you add in there? Um, do you pay down debt more? Do you get more self-care in the past? Did we travel more? Did we dine out more? <laughs> you know, did we, right? Um, and then how do you define ultimate? What's fascinating for me is everyone defines these in different ways. Again, what phase of life, where we live in the world, where we're at, what age, married, not married, kids, not kids, pets, not, you know, like it's so different. Um, our numbers are all so different. What my ultimate is, is someone else is comfortable. It's someone else is comfortable. Someone else's basic needs. It's, it's so different. There's no right or wrong. And it's just a really great beginning exercise. Um, and then you decide, you know, what tier you're going for, what's realistic. Um, are you just trying to meet your basic needs at this point? Um, are, are you really wanting to move into comfortable lifestyle and have your cash flow be more sustainable? And then what do you need to do about it, right? You know, but so this is this is one of many, many exercises in the money map section. Um, there's also, you know, then we usually pick one set of numbers and then we throw that into the bookkeeping system. You know, I like QuickBooks. There's many others, but that's always been my favorite. And there's only one budget in there. You can only put one set of numbers and what's, so, what's, and then you pick that set of numbers and then that just goes into money dates and money practices, which there's so much more in the book about, which is what do you do on a monthly basis? You review, you know, like what were your intentions? What were your goals? What was the budget numbers? And I don't do budget it, it, like a rigid diet. I know that some life phases, we have to be more rigid when we're in cash flow dips, when we're in transitions. Um, and that's a whole other conversation, right? Um, so I like to see it more of a dance and you have one set of numbers. And then at the end of the month, you're seeing, how did you work? How did that work? Where did you go over? Where did you go under? What do you need to adjust? So it's more learning. And then again, that brings back into the body check-ins and the gentleness and the compassion. And then we move into just how do you make good money decisions? You know, one of the things people come to me at the beginning of the year is I don't even know if I can afford your program. I don't know what my numbers are. You know, I don't know how to make a good money decision. I'm like, I get it. I understand, you know, and that is so many people and used to be me. And that's also part of money mapping too, is gearing yourself with a set of questions for small purchases, medium, large, that you can walk in with or, you know, and ask in the moment when you're in the car dealership, you know, you can whip out those, you know, set of questions. Um, and same with, you know, smaller purchases or online shopping. So money maps is, a they're all, a continuation of each other. You don't need to be done with money healing before you move on to money practices and so on. It's a culmination. It works in a spiral. Um, you want to bring the tools from money healing, of course, into money practices. You bring, you have to know your numbers before you can really do your money maps, you know, so it all leads. And that's why I teach, you know, all three phases and that it's a foundation. And then you keep coming back to it you know, month after month, year after year, fine tuning, taking baby steps. Well, Learn. and then I love that you also talk about money legacy and how mm -hmm. huge that is. And that's so beautiful to, to kind of end on about how you talk about how everything you, uh, you pass on uh, that's related to money, including how you lived your life is your legacy and you it's what you receive. And then it's also what you leave behind. And I just, it's so powerful. Yeah. Like money legacy for me is 
past, present, and future, right? So mm -hmm. it's honoring um, what you learned from your lineage, the strengths, the challenges, the good, the bad, the, you know, I, I, I go immediately back to my father because my father um, passed away um, within weeks of my book being published. And he was cremated on the day of my first book reading, you know? Um, and we started talking about him at the beginning, you know, so we'll end with him. Um, again, because like there was, he taught me to verbally spar and I hated that, you know, and I had to grapple with a lot of things because he was very intense, incredibly intense um, and hot-blooded. And, you know, so, and, and yet if you'd ask my husband, he would go, you're incredibly intense and you're, you're a dragon mama, you know, and, and, um, you know, so there, there's so much there that I had, like, I learned so many lessons from him about being an entrepreneur and putting yourself out there. Um, and, you know, and then at the same time, I had to transmute a lot of that, you know, he didn't have gentleness, he had moments of love and gentleness, definitely. He certainly did. Um, so, um, you know, by the time he passed away, he also had a stroke three years before, which really changed him, which actually changed him into a very gentle man, where all he would say to me was, I love you and you look beautiful um, and you're really smart and stop with that dieting stuff. He would say, stop with that food stuff. Cause he, you know, he, the stroke, he had a pretty bad stroke. So he couldn't say that, you know, but he said those things. So we did get to complete. I did get to let go of all the stuff that I was holding on, you know, to any of the past pain. I did get to say goodbye to him, you know, and I was with him in the hospital room when he had the stroke and I, you know, I, there met, so I got to have a completion with my father and a full forgiveness. And he's so much a part of my life story and my money story, right? And so I'm carrying so much of that with me. And now my mom is healthy in her 70s. And we talk about money all the time. We talk about everything. Um, and that's a continuation. And then there's with our son, who's 12. And I'm teaching him things about money. I'm not perfect. I'm learning as I go. And I'm, you know, I've been giving him money teaching since he was three, age appropriate, but I'm passing on things to him that I never got, you know. And that's a huge part of my legacy as well, as long with along with um, the art of money work, you know, that I do. Yeah. Um, so, but so legacy for all of us is is honoring where we come from the beauty, the pain, what needs forgiveness. It goes back to the money healing work, right? Yeah. And then it really asks us to question, um, what do we want to pass on is our legacy in life and in money? Um, are those actual material things? Are those assets? Mm -hmm. Are those teachings? Are those, you know, deeper qualities um, that we bring to life? It's, you know, it's being wealthy in all areas. It's not just the numbers, but you know, the numbers are important as well. In life, it's in life. Well, and I feel like even if you hadn't had the opportunity to wrap things up with your dad, you had really kind of already wrapped things up with your dad internally. So if someone doesn't get that, I feel like that's what this book helps you do is yeah. wrap things up, 
with whoever you need to wrap things up with, whether they're present or whether they're not. And that's what I think is so beautiful about this book. One of the things we don't always, we don't always get it with that person. Right. Um, you get that with a beloved cat years ago. And then I got it with my other cat five years later, you know, so please know that is if we don't always get it with that person for a variety of reasons, we most likely will get that opportunity in another painful, beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. As, you know, yeah. So important. So You've taken so much of your time, but we appreciate every second of everything you've given us today. And um, we always like to end every episode with two questions. Um, the first question being, what is your definition of success? Um, yeah, I'm not a, I, I saw that question. I was like, oh boy, I'm not a big, <laughs> a big definition person. Um, they kind of like stumped me because I've, I have like 10 things to say about each thing, <laughs> right? As you've seen. Um, although I've been pretty succinct today um, and haven't gone off on that many tangents. I mean, for me, it's having a full life in family, in work, in health, um, and in giving to the larger community. So mm -hmm. I'll leave it there. You know, I'm always, I'm always trying to balance um, time, energy, money, family, health and the new one I've added is giving and you know so that's kind of my equation even though there's not pr exact percentages but like yeah, perfect yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> okay and then the other question that we always ask is what are the three words that come to mind when you think about the word money so I yes I I feel like I've answered that I thought you guys <laughs> answer me ask me the question about um <laughs> What is the best money lesson? Ooh. So I'm going to answer Give that us one. that one. Yeah. Give okay. That. Okay. So when I thought about it, I was like, you know, I went back to everything I've already said. I was like, I haven't been given any financial advice, you know? And um, so really I'm going to come back to the best financial advice that I've ever been given was in graduate school training to be a somatic therapist. And it was learning the body check-in. Mm -hmm. And so the body check-in for me is the best financial money advice I've ever given because it's the best life advice that I've ever been given is learn how to listen to your sensations, listen to your body, learn how to sit and be and feel and know and name and understand what your emotions are in life um, and bring that to your relationship to money as well. Um, and I think that will like help serve you in the best way. Yeah, definitely. Well, that was beautiful. And please share um, with everyone where everyone can find you on social media, on your website. We know that you also have an amazing year long school program, um, the art of money program. If you want to share a little bit about that and then also where everyone can find you. Sure. So please come to my website, which is barrytesler.com. And I have a great That's love. Go ahead and spell that for everybody. Okay. Just since right. we're online, we'll put All it right. in the links, obviously. It's B A R I T E S S L E R.com. So Barry Tesler.com. I have a great blog. I have a podcast that's everywhere. Um, so enjoy all of that free stuff. There's a little pocket map where if you want to learn about the art of money methodology that we've been talking about, that's in the book, money healing, money practices, money maps, you can get a seven day little taste of that. 
And then the main way that I offer my work is through my year long program, The Art of Money. And um, it, it, it covers everything we've talked about, you know, but in addition to it, in addition to handhold, there's so much handholding. Um, we've, we have a forum with 14 alumni guides this year. That's new. So folks who've gone through the program for years, at least once, sometimes for, you know, for over five years since the beginning, since <laughs> 2010, um, they're in there supporting the community. I do monthly calls. Um, I've been obviously creating this content, fine tuning it, um, for two decades and it's all online. And so, you know, every month there's audio and there's written worksheets and there's guest teachers where I interview people, you know, all different money experts and therapy experts. And I love my guest teachers. So there you can, we have an incredible program page that is very thorough mm-hmm. in FAQ that tell, like answers every single question you can ever imagine, but it takes you through, um, a year of four months of money healing, four months of money practices and four months of money maps, um, with lots of handholding. And it takes you through that methodology. And my program is evergreen, meaning whenever you are ready, whenever you feel, um, it's time, or you, you know, you just learned about my program and you wished you had it 10 years ago, which is so common, right? You can join. We used to do a launch model, um, twice a year and now we are open. And so as soon as you join, you get module number one and you get the whole month and then you get the, you get weekly love notes. And then a month later you'll get module two, you know, and it's all broken down into themes. Um, the last thing, so please go check out that program, please do. And, uh, the last thing is you can find me in social media, Instagram is my favorite, but also personal Facebook as well. I'm in both of those places often. Awesome. Thank you so so much. Thank you. (laughs) You're incredible. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. The Money Made Easy podcast is here to educate, uplift, and empower you to feel confident in your financial decisions. Have any questions? Email or DM us on Instagram. Remember, you start by starting. Take one small and actionable step towards your financial goals today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please go give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. Might as well hit that subscribe button while you're there. And we'll see you next Money Monday.